Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com You can also find me at AlanWattSentientSentinel.eu It is July the 19th, 2007 This last three weeks or so in Canada, in Ontario at least there's been thunder and lightning pretty well every day where I live. In the mornings it's often very clear until the aircraft starts spraying the skies and spraying the clouds and creating clouds. Then you turn on the shortwave radio to a whole bunch of frequencies and you'll, you'll find the harp pounding away there on many frequencies. And sure enough, then you hear the distant rumbles getting closer then you got lightning all over the place that lasts for hours, sometimes all night long. At one time, the thunderstorms used to just uh, have a few bangs and have it over with, and it was gone in 15, 20 minutes. But now they can last all night. But that's just the, the trick of science. As the sciences are all being manipulated now, and the Air Force of the United States live up to their boast that they would control the weather. Well, they do now, you see. It's all controlled, as is pretty well everything that lives and breathes on this planet now, since everything has been tampered with and is being tampered with, with the spraying, with the modified crops, and nothing is more tampered with than the human being because that's the most important thing to conquer first if you want to conquer the world. I get a lot of mail and email from people who have so much to say and that's what makes this work more personal really. You get insights into so many people and a common bonding which occurs with those who are waking up, the ones who, who talk or write, but always from the heart, as a sentient being, not as one who wants just to chatter their download from the media to you, which is a general conversation of most of the public. Everyone is going through their little crisis, which to the individual seems big, because these things are big when you're trying to survive in this world of changes, ever escalating changes. The speed of change really is increasing as we see all of the authoritarian organizations, the new world Soviet uh, that's to guide the world and run the world for the fascist elite at the top come into play. I've often said that for those who wake up it's not necessarily a war as such to save what was, because what was and is has become so corrupt 
that it can't be saved as such. The system itself wasn't only full of flaws, the, the flaws were built into the system from the beginning. It's a system of commerce and money and economics where everything revolves around it. Your laws come from that. All your laws come from that. In fact, your value to the system, the elite will always say to society, but regardless of where you want to use the communist or the fascist slogans, it means the same thing. Your value to the system is what counts. Are you a good producer and consumer? And if you can't cope for ill health or loss of work or whatever it might be, you're written off primarily as a useless eater. You get a a cover of caring by the minimalistic health services that are provided or charitable agencies which they eventually fall back on at the bottom. In this great, rich society of ours, but you won't get very much because your value to the system is what counts. I can remember in Britain, back in the 70s, I think it was first brought out publicly that patients going into the National Health Service system, which is pretty well all they gave you, were classified as to their value by A, B, and C, which would often be written on their charts in the cardiac wards. And that told the staff what or who to resuscitate first. Should one or two or three have infractions at the same time? The one with the most value to the system, or in other words, the wealthiest, would get the treatment where the other person at the bottom would have to die. And that is how the system works. You're, you're valued to the system. You're an economic unit that's supposed to produce. They don't care what you do really in your little personal life as long as you produce and consume and pay taxes. That's it because taxes really is just a good part of your labor going to the dominant minority and the massive bureaucracies they use to dominate you and run your life. No mystery to that. It's been well written about in the past of what taxation actually is. The trick is to use money. That way you don't have a major domo standing with a whip over you, cracking it when, you're not, when you don't dig the trench fast enough. You do it voluntarily, you think, but you're not really, you're, you're actually paying it through taxes, which are automatically deducted from your paycheck because you're a laborer. If you, if you get a paycheck, you don't get a salary, you get a paycheck and, and it's deducted from your, from your pay. You don't even get the option uh, to declare, you see, because you don't have those rights as a, a lower specimen. And that's the reality of the world. We think, because of the ongoing propaganda, surrealistic media we have, uh, that we're living in the greatest times ever, the cutting edge. If you examine the cutting edge with a magnifying glass, you'll find 
it's rather blunt and ragged because we're not in the cutting edge at all. We have advanced sciences, at least the ones that are given to the public, which are actually obsolete from the elite's point of view. That way it's safe to give them to you. But we're not in the cutting edge. The same system that again was built into the system of a dominant minority, as Huxley called them, is still here. And they have never lost control. And they pass on their power, wealth, and the agenda to their offspring. And they've always prepared the way for their offspring, including the world their offspring will live in, since they plan the future at all times. H.G. Wells, who had access to some of the information to dealing with this future that was to come, which is here, being a propagandist for the elite that employed him, wrote Shape of Things to Come. There was a movie, an old black and white one, put out with, I think, Raymond Massey in it, which they still show occasionally, or they used to in the CBC in Canada, Once in a Blue Moon, called Things to Come. In the movie, this progress, as they call it, by this dominant minority of scientists, this, these technocrats and high-level dominant minority groups, were all in their big ivory tower and all the commoners are down below uh, complaining about the rapidity of change. In other words, they knew long ago, you see, they'd bring the world to a state of rapid change uh, where culture, where everything, even though culture was given to you and uh, all the updates like a computer program uh, are, are given to you too, you're updated with your culture. It doesn't evolve, it's given to you. Um, but even so, it becomes such a, a quick, rapid change from one part to the next. There's nothing to hold on to in the mind, psychically. There's nothing there to, to hold on to, to give a form of stability. And the people down below this ivory tower in the movie are all pleading for, for a stop to change. Stop change. So they can catch their breath and find some meaning to life. That is where we are at this present time. The chaos you see all around you to do with marital breakups and feuding of all kinds, interpersonal problems, are all symptoms of, of, of the breakdown of cultures as the elite move us all like a huge herd from one field of pasture to this new field of scarcity. At least that's how it will appear, and that's how the crisis they're constantly telling us about appear to be. It's a, a new field with very little grass in it, and we're supposed to get used to this idea. We are entertained, we're wined and dined, in a sense, as never before, this has never happened in history before, as people 
find it harder and harder to to uh, to pay mortgages or pay their rents, which are extortionate in a way. And everything else they have to pay, pay, pay for. The elite always make sure you have enough cheap booze and a plentiful supply of drugs to get you through the escapist fantasies that we're left to when everything else fails. That's what happened in the Soviet system. You had to line up forever for sugar and basic necessities, long lines, as this was dished out to you in brown paper bags. But you could find booze very cheap, and there wasn't, you could get it very quickly. It's something that George Orwell made sure that uh, he put in his book too, 1984. However, all of that, all of the, the pastimes, the incredible amounts of uh, sexual fantasy on television, which I don't watch, but everyone else does and tells me about it, and the game shows and, and on and on it goes. All the craziness is meant to heighten this fever pitch of breakdown, surrealism, a form of neurosis on a grand scale. If people can lose their bearings, you see, their, their, their grasp and their contact with society in general, then they've they've lost it. They're easily controlled. They're, they're they're broken. That's when the authorities, as they are already are, coming forward with these new solutions of uh, which are not new at all. Actually, they wrote about them a long time ago, over a hundred years, of uh, drugging the public. And eventually, of course, we know it will be brain chips initially to to help the sick and to bypass damaged neurons and, and all that nonsense that they tell us every time they bring out a new invention that, uh, that's meant to control us. But it, it will also be told, that or at least we will be told that it will, it will actually affect our own endorphins in the body and how good we'll feel as we get it naturally by, by, the, by this little chip stimulating uh, brain cells to release them and and making a, us feel so good and happy and fuzzy and warm. Uh, that will be how they, they will sell it. And you must bring a society to a state of almost collapse to make them go for it. And that's not hard. That's not difficult. Not at this stage. You can see how it's being played out. And again, this is not speculation you can go into very old books, old writings and magazines, and you'll find the statements and articles by the elite on this very topic of how to bring us through the stage which they knew they would bring us to a long time ago. But getting back to people who write to me and the ones who are waking up, and it's all levels and all kinds. You have the young who generally get angry. They're very angry when they can't make sense of things. And then there's the ones who break through that stage and realize it's not their fault at all. 
and stop blaming themselves and stop uh, beating themselves up for not being successful in the system because they now realize the system is corrupt and a farce and very controlled. Then they start to do more positive things in their own life. And I know there's older ones too who've been through their own problems, uh, marital breakups, all the usual stuff, had the children turn against them through the school education and indoctrination by television and media. And they become wiser. They become wiser. They have a greater insight into things. And they stop blaming uh, their ex-spouse or whoever for all that's happened to them. And they see life as it is. They see it happening not just to them, but to everyone else too. The blame has to be put where it belongs. And we stop, must stop blaming those immediately opposite us or familiar to us. That's displacement. We just project our own problems onto others. And the same goes when the hype and hype and all the constant, usual, traditional barrage of lies come out concerning a designated enemy from the top. This has been done through all wars, down through the ages, by a lying elite who always demonize the others who are different, or they look different, or they're a different color, or whatever, or a different language. And they're they're paid propagandists in the media who do their bidding for them. You can go into any society and pick certain individuals who are rather nasty. They belong in every society. You have them. You have the psychopaths everywhere, and all strata of society everywhere. And so they'll pick some terrible person and make you think that's how everyone in this country happens to be, which is utter rot. It's also meant to stop people from communicating uh, with their friends abroad. And we must not let that happen. Are there crazy people in in foreign countries? Of course there are crazy people in foreign countries. There are crazy people in your own countries. Look at the people you see on television in politics. You also must realize that in every country for a long, long time, CIA, MI6 and a host of others have been in, uh, very busy setting up cells and networks and recruiting other little psychopaths who work for them, and all cultures who can start trouble anywhere and have a whole population blamed. Uh, again, a very old trick. We've got to remember who started the communist revolution, who funded it, and it wasn't a bunch of Russians or peasants with pitchforks. It was all designed in the West, in the richest countries in the, in the West or in cities in the West, and funded by them too, all through their their lifetime. Deception is the name of the game. Constant, ongoing deception. People from different cultures who are bonded through the same personality types 
must keep that bond regardless of what happens in peace or war because that's our saving grace in all of this. And we've got to bypass all the warmongers and all the dominant groups at the top or warlords on all sides that want to keep a, an old feudal system in their own hands. Often they're in cahoots, as we always find years after the wars are over. And people are wakening to the situation they're in, that everyone's in. And some are showing support for people who've been picked on, the victims that are publicized in society. There's more, of course, vast numbers who are, you'll never hear of who are picked on by Big Brother all the time. But this one concerns someone who listens to my talks called Patty in the States. And she said in this letter, I thought you might be interested. I attended the Jubilee at Ed Brown's house in New Hampshire this past weekend. Drove there with my son and two friends. About 200 people came, men, women and children, and it was nice to meet people who were awake to a lot more than just the income tax fraud. A number of patriot celebrities were there, like Ted Anderson from GCN Network, Jack Blood, Catherine Albright, and even Randy Weaver, who's a very interesting fellow. But I was more impressed with the average people that showed up from all over, driving hundreds of miles just to show their support for Ed and Elaine. We also had massive chemstrel spraying right above our heads on a day that should have been clear blue skies and sunny. They had the local cops at the entrance to the Browns Road counting cars and taking license number plates. They also had a few airplanes circling around for a while and then came out this huge helicopter with all the latest technological gadgets and it flew around us all day long into the night. It came so close, hovering just above the tree, the tree line, that everyone got great pictures of it. They were doing it for pure intimidation purposes, just bullies, over a couple who refused to go to jail over income taxes. One of the guys researched and found it was a Homeland Security helicopter. They kept flying around in a circle, and at night they were flashing laser beams and spotlights on the property. It was crazy. I couldn't believe they actually spent probably millions of dollars monitoring this event. The government has already seized their commercial property with Elaine's dental office in it that is worth far more than the taxes they owe. As soon as I get the pictures on my computer, I'll send them to you. I also got an up-close look at their house. The media spins it as a fortress. There's your media once again. They generally call these places compounds. You see, a compound. Your house becomes a compound when you get attacked. The media spins it as a fortress, and although it is a large house, it is not even finished. There is no siding on it. Half the house is still wood showing. The front entrance isn't done, and inside is only partially finished. 
the government has shut off their power, internet and satellite. Ed and Elaine seem very nice. I got to talk with them for a brief period. I can tell Elaine is under a tremendous amount of stress. And although she appreciated all the support, it was difficult for them having all those people around. I also saw this man walking around with a t-shirt that had cuttingthroughthematrix.com on the back of it. I was able to talk with him, and it was great meeting someone who knows about you, has had read your material and listens to your blurbs. We had a great conversation, started talking about the other websites we visit. It turned out that we both have posted our views on a website called Chemtrail Central, and we have communicated to each other on that website. So here we are at an event in New Hampshire, two people who have talked online about chemtrails and Alan Watt, and we get to meet each other in person for a small world. I took a picture of the back of his T-shirt and will send it to you. This new friend told me a disturbing piece of information. He said that hospice clinics are going up all over MA, heavily funded, as the jobs available are at a very good pay level. He said that the jobs involved are all paperwork, forms upon forms to fill out. Creepy. I'm going to look into what is happening here in Illinois. I also met a man from my own town who writes articles in a small paper that is no match for a Rockford Red Star, as we call it. He doesn't get paid for his articles, but he said at least they let him write what he wants to, and they publish it. He seems to be awake, but tends to believe what a certain British person um, who talks about certain things from way beyond puts out. I told him about your website. I'm going to send him links and info. Also chatted with a Gulf War vet who was disabled and is suffering with Gulf War syndrome. He showed up even though it was very difficult for him to even walk. He told me they sent him to prison. He did two years on an eight-year sentence for not having licensed his dogs. It was obvious he was in a lot of pain for a tragedy because he's a young man. And yeah, there's lots of them too. I was very nervous about going to the Browns house, but now I'm glad I attended the event. It visibly verified to me how much our government has become very oppressive, how the money system is a total scam, like you've explained. The government spent far more money watching us than the Browns' own income tax, wasting probably millions of taxpayer dollars watching average people who feel that enough is enough. It's also given me some hope that people are waking up around the country there were a lot of young people there, which was very encouraging. Take care, etc., etc. So that's the kind of mail you get it coming in too. And plus you get even more personal ones. And you get bits of the tragedy within people's lives. The people who are put on a, a brave face to the world, but you know they've gone through a little hell inside. And that's also very common, because this world as it is today, really, under all the the glitz, is not very pretty. We'll become so dehumanized through conditioning and through the creation of the updated culture, which, regardless of what anybody says, and a lot of it's true. Uh, religion's thrown out the window, so there's nothing to, come to actually look at ourselves with. 
because at least at least the primary importance to the average person was to examine yourself. That's gone now. So there's not even that left. And when you don't look at the shadow side of your own personality, you can become almost psychopathic yourself if you're not careful in a, a system which encourages success by any means and all means possible. The scientific system or dictatorship is now wishing to expand this system into every other country with an alternate system to standardize the whole world to standardize and almost anesthetize the whole world and bring the same corrupt dysfunctional system elsewhere it pays young people to put uniforms on and go and do it for them And those young people never know what they're really doing. They don't even know who they are yet. They're too young. Not only that, the military has a terrific record of indoctrination, which is really just a form of mind control or brainwashing. Its whole job is to discourage individuality force the bonding into uniformity so that you lose your personality and you all become robotic like the Borg even though you all think you're, you're, you're doing well then you're used and cast off when your usefulness is over with a whole bunch of autoimmune problems caused by all the inoculations you got they don't want people who have that kind of training and who are still young and fit around in a system where they expect problems within society because of the agenda and what the agenda will bring upon the said society. Therefore, you're good for four years and then you get sick. You're, you've, you've, been, you've been taken care of. There was another letter sent me from Australia by Joel. Joel travels around a lot over there, and he sends me postcards from all these beautiful places. As a, I think it's a hint to make me move, because they look so beautiful. Uh, huge lakes and greenery and sunshine everywhere. But he sent me some some stuff on... The Gulf War Syndrome. I was interested in the Gulf War Syndrome when it came out because it turned out that troops who came down with it and broke out in rashes and all kinds of problems seemed to pass it on to their children as well. It was somehow contagious. However, there could be a genetic change involved there too. And the cry went out from certain people that this was due to the depleted uranium 
something I'm not so certain about. I'm sure there's two factors involved. However, the material that Joel sent me was quite documented to do with studies done by the French compared to the Allied countries that the British and the American and Canadian and so on countries that took specifically the shots to do with the new anthrax formula vaccine they've been given France did not give it to their troops and France's only country I think I think it was maybe Belgium too I'm not so sure but but France definitely had no troops coming home with this Gulf War syndrome and that was the only difference with the troops they didn't take that particular shot they wore the same gear same equipment uh, as the, all the other troops did but the, and they ate the same foods as well the only th- and they went to the same places but the only thing they did differently was they didn't take that anthrax shot and it was a series of shots it wasn't just one and I can remember in the British newspapers it said at the time in Gulf War One that the special forces troops that were sent to Portland Downs where they also have an airstrip to take off and they were given shots but they stopped giving them to them because they were coming down violently sick shortly afterwards so they stopped giving the special forces the particular series of inoculations but all the other troops got them But the interesting part is that certain troops that were given the the shots and were not sent abroad, some of them came down with this syndrome as well without being exposed to uranium, depleted uranium, which is interesting. It points to the shot being the factor, and that's boosted by all the evidence that came out of France, documented evidence to do with the fact that they did not get those particular shots. As I say, I truly don't trust the military at all because they have tested so much of their warfare material, bacterial, chemical, etc., on troops that's declassified all the time. And we know from a strategic point of view They don't want, as I say, a well-trained young populace coming out of the army who are fit because it could be trouble down the road. And there's going to be trouble down the road because the authorities have told us that with their flash mobs from the Department of Defence in Britain. They expect lots of trouble because they know the agenda and what's coming down, this new way of living, as they cut back all energy supplies to the public and bring us into line. They don't want young, fit people who've been trained in the military to be very healthy and walking around. It makes perfect strategic military sense. That's the world we live in. It's an ugly place. An ugly place. Only three years ago, some survivors of World War II in Canada I think there's only one or two of them left in this particular outfit that were sent off to Alberta 
and were told to walk back and forth across a mock backup battlefield while these aircraft sprayed them from above. And they were told they were harmless agents who were being sprayed with. Well, they all came down with multiple and massive types of cancers, and they were all dying off. They'd put lawsuits in over many, many years. And as you know by now, I am sure, the legal system is not there to represent the ordinary person in a sense of justice for that person. It's there to stall and, and do the bidding of the Bar Association, you know, the big pyramid. And one fellow eventually did apparently get an admission from the government. Yes, they had used these deadly chemicals on them, on their own troops. And that's nothing that was happening in every country. Because once you put a, a uniform on, you're expendable. You're expendable. For the greater good, as they say. The same thing happened in the 1950s when regiments of U.S. troops were put down into the, the desert states and told to march in to uh, an atomic explosion. First they were in trenches, then they were told to get up, and it was to make a propaganda movie. And sure enough, I've seen the, the, the propaganda newsreel they made, and there's the bands playing in the background, the whole thing, and da-da-dee, all that stuff that people are trained to... Uh, in, in the culture, the tribal emblems, and that's part of it now, all these brass bands with specific tunes. And uh, you see them in trenches with their forearms over their eyes, and they're told there'd be a blinding flash, and they're all to get up together and march into this big mushroom cloud, and they're perfectly safe until these guys in the white suits, completely enclosed, the scientists, you see, they started running up all excited and started waving them back while they were all dying off of cancers to make this propaganda movie. When they were doing that in the U.S., they were doing the same thing in parts of the Soviet Union. With with whole towns, in fact, they, they even put underground explosions off and built forms of tunnels that came up, channeled uh, the wind into these particular little villages told all the people to sit outside in their, in their gardens on, by law and uh, take this little wind that would rush through carrying all the radioactive dust. And then the scientists studied the, the gradual deterioration of their health. Uh, this has all been exposed, some of it by very good documentaries that were done at one time in, in Britain with the news clips and all the rest of it and the footage to show. Everyone is exposed bendable in this crazy, mad dictatorship, feudal system, the battle of giants as they all vie for power and use the pawns, all the, the peasantry, as we all are, in their game. I love these characters at the top, you know, who come out with their poses and their suits and ties or uniforms, it's all the same thing because that's what a suit and tie is. It's a uniform, it's a Masonic uniform with a tie. That's why it's the most respectable outfit when you get brought into court. It's a Masonic outfit. If anybody wonders why it's almost mandatory to wear it in the business world. And I'll quote their, their, their favourite parts out of Bibles and stuff because they know that people are trained in every culture in certain quotes but they always miss the ones that matter 
you know, if it pertains to them. Habakkuk in the Old Testament is never quoted by the George Bushes or the Tony Blairs or any the rest of them or the Browns or who was taken over. The names are unimportant because the personality or the entity is the same. And old Habakkuk said, History is made by guilty men whose own might is their God. Well, isn't that the truth, eh? They're so carried away with their own cunning and power and how they've pulled the wool over the people's eyes for so long. They're so cocksure themselves, so confident and arrogant. They can get up there and lie and lie like the good psychopaths they are to convince us to go off and wipe out people across the planet and to demonize them. And look at the histories of these characters. Look at the histories of the same people. Because their histories are published for those who want to look into these respectable people at the top. You should look into the the Trading with the Enemy Act and, and look at those who were charged after World War II for dealing with I.G. Farben that set up the Nazi war machine. And you'll find some of them are still up there today saying the same stuff to us. Same families. They control all sides. Charles Hyam, or Higham, wrote a book called Trading with the Enemy. You should check it out. You'll find the bushes in there too. You see, there's nothing new under the sun in all this game. Same people, same formulas, same families. As they rehash the same old strategies and their power bids to take over the planet and everything and everyone in it. And keep everyone else so busy running and scurrying to earn a living to do anything about it. The one thing we cannot create is apathy. They'd love us all to be apathetic. Fear and all the coming problems they they forecast is meant to make us all apathetic and terrified as children are of the dark. When we're terrified, we're easily managed by the experts and the professionals who know exactly how we should behave and what to do to alleviate our fears. Living entails chances. That's what life is. You take a chance when you're born. Everything that lives takes its chances. And as you overcome the problems, you become stronger. The elite understand this, and that's why they try to disable you so you don't overcome and then you collapse you become apathetic then you're weak and easily managed you're afraid apathy has to be conquered it doesn't matter who you are where you are 
or what stage of life you're at. Age doesn't matter at all. Life is supposed to be a growing experience right through it. In very, very, very old, old religions, that was part of the purpose of being alive, was a preparation for something much bigger beyond all of this. Today, you'll find people are often crushed by life before they hit 40. And then they're definitely crushed by 50, most of them. And all they can see then is their pension, the, the big carrot on the stick. If I can just get to that pension and retire and I'll overcome it all, I can go fishing. And that's what you think. That's what you've been taught to think. But there's no relief there. Your race isn't run yet. Once you're retired, you're now going to be classified as old and a geriatric. A geriatric sounds like non-human. That's why they call you geriatrics. Just like a fetus is not a baby, you see. It's to dehumanize all those working in the agencies to see you as a creature that's over the hill. Then they come after you. But the sad thing is, there are people actually booking themselves into retirement homes while they're still working. These are the, the richer ones, mind you. What an ambition. Huh? What, what an ambition. They want to be taken care of once they retire and served hand and foot. That's what they think. Where's the life there with these, these uh, go-getters and the, the middle classes? <laughs> what an ambition. Come into Sunset Boulevard and watch the sun go down and, and you with it. Life is chance. And life can be rough and tough. But it's also overcoming. And it's good once in a while along that way to fall. It's good to fall. It gives you time to stop and think. And look within. And reevaluate everything. And that gives you the strength to get back up again. And carry on. Regardless of all the, the negative news, they say it's not over till the, the fat lady sings. We know the world the elite have planned for us. The Borg, the lack of the ability to think as an individual complete absence of it. No one wants to talk about any other way except the one that they have. Now, the one you have is not your way at all. It's the last stage of the corrupt system. You can't save something that's corrupt and diseased. It's too far gone. All you can take 
or the higher human traits that some people still retain and move in hope that an ulterior path will open up in a different direction from the one the elite have planned and in a different direction from what went before. And that's how it will be. When the weather station in the West opened up, the weather channel It was so obvious to a thinking being that there was an ulterior purpose to it. And sure enough, it didn't take them too long to start changing a drizzle into a storm or a few centimeters or inches of snow into a blizzard and a little wind into a typhoon. Everything they say now is a crisis. And you have to look out your window to check yourself, to bring yourself back to sanity and reality. The media, I keep telling people, all the media is part of this big con game. To keep you in a surrealistic mindset, never really knowing what's really going on, but believing what they tell you. Fear is the greatest tool they have. Because, as I say, living entails standing up and and experiencing fear once in a while. That is part of living. Constant fear will bring people down. And constant fear can be overcome when you start doing something positive. And doing something positive doesn't mean you go and shake the blazes out of someone near you to make them think and start waking up. You've got to expend your energies carefully on those who are at least trying to find out what's going on and you have information for them. Feed it to them slowly. Not all at once like a big gush. You'll terrify them. What you take is everyday knowledge can be crushing to someone who's just starting to wake up. So you have to give them a little bit at a time. Especially when they ask for it, don't push it up on them. And don't waste your time trying to make people wake up when they've chosen. You see, they've chosen to stay in this cotton wool world of what they think is security. Being good, I'm being good, I'm doing what I'm told. I'm a good person, I'm a good citizen, I'm an authorized, stamped and approved person by the government. That's a choice, you see. That's a happy slave who is happy with the illusion that's been given to him. The illusion that, yep, for all his needs or crises in life, there's an agency out there that's going to help him. Leave him alone. He'll turn on you for bursting his bubble that's a choice at the end of ages this happens they say people choose 
the first tendency is to try and wake up those you love, you see, those nearest to you, which doesn't work generally because the odds of finding someone in your own family who can wake up are so incredibly small. In the old esoteric traditions, they used to say that two would wake up in a bed, one would be gone suddenly, another left. Or in a field, one's gone, one's left. That's what they meant by that. It's coming into consciousness. When you come into consciousness, you leave the old world behind. That's what it always really meant. And this is the end of an age, an age carefully prepared and run for such a long time by this dominant minority. They go by the cosmic clock. They use the zodiac, not for shuffling cards, not for the exoteric stories, but as a time clock for their agenda. As George Bush Sr. said with his New World Order speech, remember? Is it's all going to the heavenly plan. That's what he meant by that. The time clock. In ancient times, the priests, for thousands of years, many thousands of years, much older than we're told, studied the stars and the movements and they charted them. They charted the sun and the moon. The sun, moon and stars. Huge cosmic time clocks. And they wrote their stories in with the exoteric covering for what they called the profane, those in the darkness, those not in understanding. It's still going on. The great zodiac the circle is also called the platonic year or circle, the great circle. Many thousands of years long. Each one an age. If you go into Hindu religion, it's even much, much longer. Many ages comprising millions of years. Most of what the West has been given has been cut out of the books because life did not begin with civilization at Sumer. Sumer was only one branch taking up again an old system that pre-existed. We are living in a time of choosing it's a time when all of the material doesn't give us the the joy we thought it would, albeit temporary joy to begin with, because everything in the material world is temporary. It doesn't mean you live in misery. You're not supposed to live in misery in this world. The material world and the resources have been owned by a few for an awful long time. Yet even with 
the availability of credit cards and cheap mass-produced I hesitate to call them goods from China people are finding out that there, there are big holes in their lives big things missing and they're hunting all over for answers in a time of crisis as the world prepares for the final big change for the end of this particular age as I say an age written about by those in the know for a few hundred years at least more openly than before we know where they're going to take the world through science this cold-blooded type of inhumane system they, they wish to bring in where they'll eradicate the ability to have even an emotion which is obviously not very efficient you see they don't like inefficiency and emotions are not efficient they're, they're human traits they've got to take that which was left imperfect and perfect it in their own image and that's the scientific way it's a time of choice it's a time when people have to start communicating quickly while they have the ability to do so it's a time for those people in all lands while they have the ability to communicate with each other to do so to communicate with people in other lands and you'll find you have friends all over the world if you're honest with yourself and you're honest to them that's part of what living's all about to overcome the fears to know the dangers ahead but also to know how to overcome them and without hope you see there is no point in anything as we all know and yet uh, this is the time to resurrect a hope even if you don't know the outcome and the outcome will be a path which you couldn't imagine and it will be a path which the elite themselves did not plan it might not be for everyone because this is a time for choice as I say everyone every day is making choices in their personal lives that affect everything else and themselves being silent is a choice being silent against injustice is a choice deciding not to think about people being killed in far off lands is your choice only the psychopath has no choice the psychopath has no conscience and no matter how much your conditioning has affected you and your training you still know deep down if you're still human that is what's right and wrong everyone's got to get involved now while we have the chance because we've got to stop worrying about our little selves 
And you'll find that when you stop worrying about your little self and branch out to others, you gain a strength that will make you overcome yourself. That's how it works. From a very terrible summer of thunder and lots of rain in Canada, and from Hamish and myself, it's good night. I mean, your God, or your God's, but may peace as well go with you. Thank you.